Welcome, everybody. It's great to see you. And man, how about this Florida fall weather? Like you wake up a little bit. It's slightly cool. It's awesome, right? It's amazing. Can actually have orange pumpkin spice, you know, tea, and, and it's okay. You don't, you don't, you're not like sweating afterwards. It's it's amazing. And and I know I'm excited as well. This is you know the beginning of November for us, the first November of this fall. And and for us as a church, you know, we work really, really hard uh, at to bring powerful series and messages like biblical truth to you guys as a church, you know, to, to share the love of Christ in our community, to wear love out and empower you, encourage you and challenge you. I mean, we work hard at doing series, you know, week after week, month after month, year after year. Like we focus on that and we want to, to do all that we can to equip you to live out your life. I mean, we're always looking for that significant life change. It, it, it's like the hungry caterpillar experiencing the transformation, right? That's what we want in your life. That's a big deal. It's so significant. I mean, uh, uh, the last few series that we've done, gosh, the one in August was called Sons and Daughters. If you weren't here for that one, you've got to listen to the podcast. Just incredible, what, uh, transformational. And then we talked about what would Jesus undo in the month of September. And then last week, or last month, we talked all about money and finances and resources. And, and I just want to thank so many of you. You came up to me and you shared you know, your story and, and where you are financially financially and, and some of the changes that you're making. I know there was a lot of credit cards cut up and, and bills that are getting tackled, and, and that's great. Like, that's so encouraging. And so, and, and just to, under, to help you understand the heart behind the money series is I really wanted to do a whole series on money before the holidays come. Right, because when when we're when not, right now we're looking at November, we're going, oh my gosh, like Thanksgiving's coming. Can I start, you know, decorating for Christmas? What are we gonna do for Christmas and the holidays? And and so we start thinking about that. And here, if we understand just our culture, there there is pressure when it comes to buying presents. There is. And so I'm like, man, we've got to talk about money before that. Like before the pressure really comes hard, like we've got to understand where we're at and what we can afford. And, and so now uh, in this month, over the next several weeks, I wanted to really focus on our pace, the, our pace that we experience as a culture, as a people, uh, because most of us, not all of us, but most of us, we love the holidays, right? We love the holidays. We, we love just the idea of eating as much turkey uh, on one day and, and just like laying on the couch and, and just experiencing tryptophan and, and just enjoying that and just indulging and, 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 you know, having hot chocolate, you know, with friends and family. Like we love the food. We love family. We love the season. But if we're totally honest... We don't like everything that the holidays brings with it. Like, we don't love the busyness. We don't love the stress, right, the anxiety. And, and there's a lot of pressure that comes with the holiday season. And, and I absolutely believe that we've allowed that to infiltrate our culture. We've allowed it to infiltrate our family, our life, and our personal uh, marriage, you know, and what we're experiencing. And so I just feel, you know, for us as a church, us as people, those of us that follow after Christ, we know that we're called to share God's light, to share his goodness, to share the good news of the community that we're in. But if we look at our life, we're overextended. Like it's a challenge for us to live out our calling when we're overextended, when we have so much pressure you know, financially and in our time and in our schedules. And so we're going to take the next several weeks and talk about a series called Just Be. 
And each week's going to have a different aspect to it. This week I'm going to be in Luke 10, and we'll get there in just a moment. But I know some of you have your Bibles and you want to open up to where we're going in the Scripture. And so if you have your Bible app or your Bible, we'll be in Luke 10 in just a moment. Um, But I absolutely am firm on understanding that we, many of us, we need a course correction when it comes to our schedule and time. And uh, because what was meant to be joyful what was meant to be amazing and wonderful and incredible has become a burden. It's become this pressure thing in our life. And here's the deal. Our calendars and our schedules are not getting better. We know it's a burden. We feel the pressure, but we are not making the necessary changes. And so I'm here to just challenge you, encourage you. We're going to look at scripture regarding these things because there are things that we've got to change. Like the the direction that we're heading on our pace is not right. And culture has negatively affected us to fit into its high pace, high pressure, high productivity lifestyle. And it's destroying us. If we admit it or not, I don't know where you're at, but it's destroying us. And that is not what God intended. That is not God's intention for us. That's not his best for us. So he does not want us overextending ourselves where we're constantly tired, constantly needing coffee, constantly exhausted in life, where we get to the end of the day and we're spent. What the Lord has for us is he he wants us to just be. And the Lord speaks in Psalm 46 in verse 10. And this is what he says. He says, be still and know that I am God. I mean, there is so much in just those few words, isn't there? Be still and know that I am God of all. That's the, like, we, we've got to be able to trust him. We've got to be able to be patient while we're trusting him. We have to have this understanding and belief that he absolutely will act in his time frame how he wants to. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to share some of the reasons why we struggle with this. And so maybe some of these hit home for you. Like the first one is we just, we, we live in an on world, an always on society, an always on culture. And here's, if we understand our, like our culture our, as, a, as a country, uh, it was not like this 80 years ago. Like you've got to go back 80 years Right, where, where all you know, you have school, you have work, you have factory workers, you have corporate workers, you have people that home businesses, and so you went and you worked, you did school, you came home, and then you just you were home, like you had family time, you, you played in the yard, you, you you in order to get the news, you would read the newspaper, and the news that you were reading about was from the day before, maybe. Like it maybe was two days old, but it was from yesterday, right? And we understand that culture, and that, and that seems like forever ago. But then as our country continued to grow and develop, then you had radio, and you had TV, and then it brought the news you know, to, to current, to, to things that were going on during that day. And then, gosh, with, with the internet, things just got even faster. You know, when you begin to ramp up into the 90s and the internet and just how, how things, and, and now, like with smartphones and the things that we have, we carry the internet with us all the time. Social media has made news absolutely immediate for us. We can look up anything at any point in time. Now with Insta Story and Facebook Live and Snapchat, we're actually the ones that are creating the news. We're not having to go and look at the news. We're we're creating our own storyline and the news that we want to share. And, and, And the thing with that 
is so many people are constantly thinking and focused on what and how do I want to share with people what's going on in my life? And it's a constant thing. And so our culture and our world is always on. And some of you, has, it's affected you in a big way. The second thing is just our, we're, we're always connected. We live in an always connected world where people are constantly looking at, at their phone. I mean, on average, it's like three hours, over three hours a day, a person will look at their phone. And that, that's, that's like a, mar, a, a major part of the day. And so let me just ask you a just thought-provoking question. When was the last time that you left your phone at home, right, or at the office, or you left your phone like you forgot it, right? And, and, and let's, let's say home, for, for the sake of this analogy, let's say you forget your, home, your phone at home. So my next question is, how far away is too far to turn back to go get it? You know, for some of you, you're like, five minutes is too far, I'm good. Ten minutes is too far, 20 minutes. Because then you know, like, if you're going somewhere, you not only have the 20 minutes back, but then you got the 20 minutes, so you're looking at 40-minute commitment just to go back and get your phone. So what's too far? Like, when you've left your phone, you know, before, and ha- you had to go back and get it. I have to go back and get it. You know, I can't be without it. And so I want to share with you from my life, um, I just recently upgraded to a used iPhone 6. Um, It's so out of date that people will make fun of me. And here's the deal, like when I say I just upgraded, I'm talking about four days ago. So I had an iPhone 5 forever, and everybody would look at my iPhone 5, and they're like, oh, your phone is so little, it's so cute. Like, you know, do, are, are you, do, can you even get the latest version, you know, and updates on it? I'm like, no, actually, I can't. And, but here's the deal. Uh, if I lost my old phone or my, even my new one, um, I wouldn't care if I lost my phone. Uh, I, I, honestly, I, I make jokes all the time about throwing it in the pool or losing it in the ocean. I'd be like, man, that's too bad. Like, I'm going to enjoy the next two days before they can deliver me a new one because I probably will have a better day not, now that I don't have it. Like, just to be honest, and, and just the reality. And, and so being connected is great, right? I am all about being connected, and I think it's incredible. But I just... I guess maybe I'm one of those old school people that I just prefer a face-to-face conversation. You know, I, I just do. I enjoy that, just the, the face-to-face interaction. Because so, sometimes you got to hang up and hang out. Like, you just, you need that, and we need that in our life because we constantly are needing to feel connected. Another thing is we always just are on the go. We're in an on-the-go type world where we got to be doing something. we got to be going somewhere. We have to have some task that we're accomplishing, something to check off or something that we're doing or going somewhere. And so we feel like we've got to fill every moment of every day with something. Like there has to be something because if we stop and we don't have anything, we feel guilty. We think something's wrong with us, that we don't have anywhere to be or something important to do. I mean, how many times, you know, people will ask or, oh, what are you up to? Oh, I'm busy. Like, I'm busy. And, and, and we wear busyness as a badge of honor. And, you know, so I'm so passionate about, about the opposite that I started telling people when I don't have anything to do. So people will come up to me and they're like, hey, what's going on? Nothing. No, like, really? What? No, really, nothing. 
I've got nothing. And, and one of the other things that I love doing is telling people on the days that I take naps, hey, what'd you do today? I took a nap. And they kind of look at me, they're like, are you for real? I'm like, yeah, like from two to three, I just, I took a nap. And they're going, what is this, kindergarten all over again? I'm like, yeah, I just, I was, I need a nap. And, and so like, I just, I've started wearing things like that as a badge of honor, uh, that I've got, you know, nothing to do on my day off, where I just kind of lay on my bed. I take my son to school and, and then I go back to bed. Uh, on my, I know that sounds crazy and ridiculous, and, and I've got things to do, but I just, I just got to this place in my life that I knew how bad I needed it. And last year, uh, I, I took a sabbatical. Um, some of you have been in our church for a little while, and so you know uh, I shared some of the story with that. But if you're newer to Grace Church, uh, last uh, it was May, May of 2018, I took the whole month off. And, and, and when I was telling people you know, that I was taking four weeks off, uh, they would look at me, and they were jealous. They were so, they would go, oh my gosh, you're so lucky. How can you do that? I wish I could do that. And, and, and so I would look at them and say, well, why can't you? And their eyes would get big. And, and first they're going, I can't believe you just asked me that. Um, but when they got over just the shock of me asking, and their brain is spinning just like mine was, uh, because I was sitting in the love seat in my, uh, in my counselor's office. You know, you can picture it, you, you know, the love seat that you sit in the counselor, and you're kind of laying there, you got your feet up, and like, I, that's, I, that's where I was. And my counselor asked me that same question, because I was talking with him, and I was sharing, and things going on, and stuff that I was dealing with. And he just kind of looked at me, great guy, great heart. Uh, and he said, man, it just, it just looks like... I think maybe you need a break. And like you would respond to me, I can't do that. There's no way. Like, are you kidding me? And he looked at me and he said, why? Why, why can't you take a break? And so just like you would do, I, I was like, oh, like I, I have work and I have church and the office and the meetings and my life and marriage and kids and this and that. And, and as I was telling my story and all the things that I had to do, I was so busy. I just kind of looked at him. I was like, you're right. Like you are so right. And I need it bad. And he, he just kind of nodded in the way that counselors do. Didn't really need to say anything. He saw I was getting there. And so I did. I, I took four weeks off in a row, and it was transformational. And some of you, even me just telling that story, you're jealous right now. And I get it. Like, I totally get it. And you're going, I wish I could do that. But here's the deal. Maybe it's not four. Maybe it's three weeks. Maybe it's two. I don't know. But you probably need some kind of break where you can just be. And just relax and be and experience what God has for you. Because when do we ever just sit together or sit down and alone and we're comfortable with the quiet and the silence and just being by ourselves, just to relax, just to decompress? When was the last time you sat on the patio? When was the last time you just sat on the porch or went to the beach? Like listen to the birds and ate fresh pineapple, right? We just have to sit there and sometimes do those things just to watch the waves with nothing, to, nowhere to go, no place to be. Just be present. And that's what this whole series the whole series is about, and I realize that's about, you know, 20 minutes of an intro for this series, but man, we have got to be deliberate. 
we, we're so deliberate in jamming our schedules full of everything, we have to be just as deliberate to eliminate the things that we don't need. So we've got to carve out time to be just, just be present. Because in, in Luke chapter 10, Jesus and his disciples, they had a lot going on. And the thing that's amazing is Jesus had three years, right, to lay out the idea of the local church, to, to lay out the understanding that the, the good news of his death and resurrection was going to be passed on from these 11 disciples. He had three years to pour into them for the thing that was going to happen that would, that would transform all of humanity for all time. Okay, he'd only had three years, so he had a lot to do in those three years. And here's what happens in Luke chapter 10, verse 38. As Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. And so there are several things in our life that will prevent us from just being. And one of them is the, the endless distractions. I mean, Martha was distracted. It says right there, it says very clearly, Martha was distracted. And here's the thing that's interesting. She was distracted with a good thing. Like, it's not bad. Like, she's hosting a dinner party for Jesus. That's a good thing, right? But she, Jesus, it's very clear in Scripture that she was distracted, and so she had this opportunity to be present with the Lord. And that happens to us all the time, doesn't it? Happens to you and I just the same way it does her. I mean, how many times in this service have you looked at your phone? Right? Some of you, you're going, oh my gosh, how did he know? Did he see me? So I, what I want you to do is right now, tell the person next to you how many times you had to look at your phone over the last 20 minutes. Like, go ahead and tell them. And for some of you, maybe it's zero. So maybe some of you are going, I don't know, like 20. You know, it's a, but you got to tell the person next to you. Because here's what I want to challenge you with. What if you put it away for the rest of this service? You know, set it on vibrate, put it even on airplane mode. <gasps> like, and, and, and like, didn't look at it or, you know, feel it, vibrate, or, you know, anything. And some of you are going, but I can't, like, I can't. Like, what if I miss something? I think it's going to be okay. Because we're not able to be disconnected because we've got endless distractions. And that's reality. And here's the deal. It's affecting us negatively. And that's my second point. It affects us negatively because it continues in that passage of scripture. It says, but Martha was distracted by the big dinner that she was preparing. And she came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come up and help me. Now, we know, like, we know, we understand Martha, right? You, right now, if you put yourself in Martha's shoes, like, Martha's mad. Like, she's mad at her sister. She's upset. She's angry. And she's about to unleash on her, right? She, she's, and now she, she's going to Jesus to do what? To get Jesus on her side to then, so she doesn't have to yell at her sister. And so she's literally getting to explode. And, but also, when we understand and we kind of look at the depth of what's going on, Martha's struggling with comparison, She's comparing her life and, and her priorities to her, to her sisters and what's going on. And she thinks that hers are better. 
And if we look at our lives, we're consumed with comparison all the time. And social media is terrible for this. We are consumed with likes and comments. We, we think often what types of hashtags we're going to use. We'll spend significant amount of time contemplating how we're going to line up the video, what it's going to look like, how we're going to edit it, what hashtags we're going to use. And so I brought a little visual aid along with me. And this thing is called a photo album. <laughs> It has pictures of my wife and I, and I was also informed that this is a scrapbook. So it's like a photo album on steroids because it's got all these different things in it and like all these cutesy things. And so some of you have never seen one of these before. Like it actually has real pictures of real people in it because the reason it's so shocking is because now everything is less than 24 hours. If something is over 24 hours, it's old news. The post, the story, the thing that you're looking at. So every day we have this opportunity to just be present with our family, with our coworkers, with our roommate, with our spouse, with our children. So what if instead of breezing by those moments, what if we actually sat and enjoyed the people that we're with and weren't consumed with what we have to do and accomplish because it's affecting us negatively. One of the ways that we do that in our home um, is we do family dinners and we probably on average have at least three family dinners a week, maybe four. And for some of you, you're going, we haven't had family dinner in four months. And so there might need to be some changes. And here's one of the things. We, we don't allow phones at our family dinner. Uh, so we turn on. Sometimes it's distracting. We have to remind ourselves, like, hey, put your phone away, put your phone away. And I get it. Like, I understand. I also, I turn the TV off. Uh, that's one of my things. Uh, I just, I turn it off. There's no reason, no need for it to be on all the time. And, and then we also make everyone be there. Like, it's family dinner, so everyone's here. Oh, like, I just ate. Nope. No, that's fine. You come and sit. Like, you come and sit and you be with us. And so, uh, because when we're not present, it's affecting us negatively, not only with our relationships, but also it's affecting us in our relationship with the Lord. Uh, because we miss the moment. My third point is we often miss the moment, and that's what we're dealing with when we look at this scripture. In verse 41, it continues. But the Lord said to her, speaking back to Martha, my dear Martha, you are, you are worried and upset over all these things, over all these details. <sighs> there is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. Now, we get this, right? But do we understand the magnitude of, of what's going on? Martha had the Savior of the world in her home. She had the Redeemer, the Messiah, like she in her home. And she was going to miss it. She absolutely was going to miss this moment. It's kind of like the time you and I are in the worship service, maybe even today, I don't know, but we're in a worship service and, and the music's playing or the sermon's going or there's something, you feel God's presence, you feel the connection. And all of a sudden we go, oh man, this is so amazing. Let me pull out my phone or my whatever. So that way I can take a picture and the lights and, and of me and like, look at this. And so we pull out our phone because we think that we've got to record it, you know, for somebody else to see or to show them. And here's, here's what happens. 
We engage now with our phone and we disconnect from the presence of the Holy Spirit. In that moment, what if in that moment when we're worshiping and we're connecting with the Lord, we're not really thinking about you know, what picture we can take or what filter we should use, but we like engage in that moment and not miss it. Not allow the distraction of something else, but feel the Holy Spirit and allow him to saturate us instead of us going off to try and think that we've got to do something so that way we can come back. But maybe the thing that you're thinking, oh my gosh, I'm afraid I'm going to miss something. It was the Lord that you missed in that moment. And so the best way for us, instead of trying to record things sometimes, the best way for us to connect with God is to just be present. And so Mary had that, and I, I love that Jesus confronted Martha, and he's like, whoa, girl, time out. Like, you, you, like your sister's doing it right, and you need to get that. And so I wanted to share that passage of Scripture with you because I would dare say that there's a large percentage of, percentage of us that needed this. We're missing the moment. We need to just be present. And so what if you came to church today just to connect with Jesus? Like, what if you came into worship to sing songs, to hear the message, just to connect with the Lord? What if you decided, instead of thinking about what's next, you decided to enjoy this moment here and now? Because we don't want to miss this. Like, this is rich. This is amazing. This is life-changing. This is life-altering for us. The spiritual transformation that we desire is available right in front of us. So don't miss this moment, but just be present. Because here's what we often forget. He's here. He is here now. So are you focused on all the other things, all the other details, or are you just sitting to be with him? the Holy Spirit absolutely is present. He's present inside of us. He's present in this place. This church is all about it. That like we desire God's presence, presence so passionately that we will do just about anything for people to experience it. And I want that for you. And so for us here at Grace Church, if you are a follower of Christ, we welcome you to take communion with us. As you came in the auditorium, maybe you saw the little cups with the little wafers in there. Uh, if you want to take communion and you did not have the opportunity to grab one of these, if you would slip your hand up, our ushers would be happy to serve you. Because here's the deal. When you think about communion, I don't want you to think about anything else other than what if maybe just maybe you're sitting at the table with Jesus. Jesus is there with his disciples at the Last Supper, right? They were celebrating the Passover. But, you know, we understand it now as the Last Supper that Jesus would have with his disciples. What if you put yourself in that moment right now? I mean, one of the things that's amazing is like in, in Scripture, you read that, that the disciples, that they were literally lounging around. Like they were lounging. You are so relaxed in Jesus' presence, in the presence of the Holy Spirit. You're just comfortable being there with him and you're content right here, right now to commune with the Savior. And so when Jesus was 
taking up the, the, the Passover meal and the Last Supper, um, he, he took the bread. And if you want to peel the top layer of cellophane back and grab that out, and I'll pray over these elements in just a moment. Um, but Jesus took that, uh, the bread out and he said, gosh, you know, this is so familiar to you. That's what he's saying to, to the disciples. If we understand the context, I mean, they did Passover every single year. Like they, they knew what it was right? They understood. They got it. And Jesus is going, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, this is so familiar to you. I'm going to explain it in a different way. And he said, this bread, like this is my body that I'm going to lay down for you. I'm going to be beaten and crucified and broken for you. This bread is now mine, my life, my body. And so what if you and I, instead of taking communion for the one million and one time. What if this time it was a little bit different? Where you go, Jesus, I need to see you face to face. I need to experience you. Holy Spirit, would you come right now and overwhelm me? I don't take this lightly, but I understand the importance of it. And Jesus in the same way picks up the cup of wine. And he said, this isn't just another cup that's part of the Passover meal, but this is the blood of the new covenant. This is my blood that I'm going to shed out, that I'm going to pour out for the forgiveness of your sins so that you could be cleansed. Do we understand the magnitude of forgiveness? I mean, Jesus forgives us of all of our sins because of his blood. Anything that you and I do, everything that we do. So let's pray. Uh, Lord God, we come before you, and Jesus, I thank you uh, for who you are. You are our Savior. You are our Lord. We worship you. We want to adore you and praise you for who you are. You're our Redeemer, uh, and we just, we love you with all of our heart. Jesus, thank you so much for the sacrifice that you made for us. You came here to earth uh, knowing that you would be the sacrificial lamb slain for us, shedding your blood. But the thing that's wonderful, Jesus, thank you for rising from the dead. You are also the victorious lion uh, that, that roars just in power and authority. And so we celebrate you, your victory over sin and death. And, and because of that, you give us that victory. We experience that, Lord. Thank you so much for inviting us in. And right now, like you invite us into your table. And so we sit with you. We're present with you. Holy Spirit, would you come and speak to us? Penetrate our mind, our heart, our body, all that we are, Lord. And we just want to absolutely confess our sins before you. Lord, we know that we're not worthy. We know it. The things that we've done, we ask for forgiveness and cleansing. Lord, would you restore us that we could be back in right relationship with you? We are so sorry. And so, Father, I pray a blessing over these elements. They are not simple in any form or fashion, but they are so important. So I pray blessings over them. In Jesus' name.